Welcome to another episode of Brain Boom with your host, Matt West, where you will hear empowering stories of entrepreneurs, artists, and athletes who trusted the progress. To it. So who is Remy? Remy Adelike is a jack of all trades. He's a man who's lived an unexpected life. Um, I started out in, in, in Africa where I was born. I was born in the riches and wealth. My dad was a well-known Nigerian engineer, philanthropist, businessman. Um, kind of that's where I get my jack of all trades type persona because my dad was that. And uh, he built he built a massive enterprise in Nigeria as well as in the West. Um, unfortunately, um, the Nigerian government stripped my father of his most valuable asset, um, which was the Banana Island, which is one of the first man-made islands in the world. Um, when that happened, my dad went to go fight in court. He died weeks later, and we went from rich to poor. My mother permanently relocated my brother and I to the United States. I grew up in the Bronx. Bronx, New York. If you can't hear my accent, you could probably catch some of it when I say the word Bronx. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, grew up without a father. And, you know, that began to lead me to search for a father in different things in music, hip hop, street culture. Um, and, and rap became my father's. So when I would hear these dudes talk about sleeping with multiple girls, that's what I wanted to do. When I would hear them talk about getting money, get power, get respect, punch people in the face who disrespect you, that's what I wanted to do. I started out stealing from my mother, and then that progressed to stealing from jobs, that progressed to stealing from stores, that progressed to, to, to uh, selling drugs, and then that progressed to running high-level scams. And by the time I was 19, I had built a massive illegal enterprise uh, bringing in tens of thousands of dollars a week and kind of like my father had, you know, he had used his his ingenuity and his brilliance to do something uh, uh, big as as the, the businesses he built and the island that he built, you know, I had that same gift, but I was using it the wrong way. And, uh, you know, long story short, I got involved in a deal with the wrong person um, that led me into a bad situation where my life was threatened. But that's when I decided, you know what, I need to get out of the street life. This is not for me. I need to change some things up. And then uh, I, I was like, you know what, maybe I'll join the military. I went to go join the military. Recruited around my background. I found out I had two warrants out for my arrest. I had a arrest in New York, arrest in New Jersey. Oh, excuse me, I had a warrant in New York, a warrant in New Jersey. And, uh, uh, you know, I got up and got ready to run out of the office. But the recruiter said, where are you going? I said, I'm getting out of here. I'm not trying to go to jail today. She said, uh, do you have a suit? I said, no. She said, do you have a collar shirt and some nice pants? I said, yes. She said, come back tomorrow. Um, I came back the next day. She was in her dress uniform. And uh, she took me to both judges, advocating on my behalf to get my record expunged so that I could join the military. This was not too long after 9-11. So she pointed it as patriotic that I was choosing to join the military after active work just taking place in, place in the United States. And, uh, and you know, after she she uh, got my record expunged, she fudged the paperwork, snuck me into the Navy. And that's why I say I lived an unexpected life. And that's partly why I try to give back to young kids in the inner city who come from where I came from, because I know that sometimes all it takes is one person to give you a chance. And that that act, that one act that that recruiter did dramatically changed the trajectory of my life and gave me a new life. 
And so I joined the Navy and uh, I decided I wanted to be a Navy SEAL, but I couldn't swim. I didn't have the academic scores. I was skinny, but I didn't let that hold me back. I tell people all the time when you have a dream, most likely you're going to have a difference that comes with that dream. And you can make one of two choices. Either A, you can say, you know what, I have these deficiencies, so it's not meant for me to achieve this dream. Or B, you could do the extra, extra hard work in order to overcome those deficiencies so you can achieve your dream. And that's what I did. I did the extra, extra hard work. And within one year of checking into my first command, I was checking out because I had learned how to swim proficient enough, proficiently enough to get in the SEAL training. I had learned how to work out proficiently enough to get in the SEAL training. And I had passed my academic test. And I got in the SEAL training. Eventually made it through SEAL training, got to serve with some of the greatest men on the face of this planet, travel the world, do some cool things. And then I uh, uh, decided after 13 and a half years in the military, um, uh, it's time for me to live a new life. At this point, I had two sons and uh, my dad died when I was five. Um, I wanted to be around for my two sons and uh, spend as much time with them. So I ended up getting out of the military and uh, a few months later, is when I found my way into Hollywood. You know, I got a phone call to be in a movie uh, called Transformers, The Last Night, which was Transformers 5. I worked on that movie that opened up a lot of doors for me in the film and TV industry. It led to me doing consulting and acting and modeling and other stuff. And it led to me now getting into writing films and writing, you know, movies and TV shows and books and all of this stuff. And, and that's why I say I've lived an unexpected life because everything that has happened to me where I'm at today is totally unexpected. So, so that's one. Yeah, yeah. I, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot that you, you went through in terms of your life, and you mm-hmm. essentially like you had an unexpected mindset. Like everything that was going on was unexpected, and you had to adapt. So, yeah. what was what was one of those memorable moments going back that you had to face and you had to overcome, whether that's fear? or anxiety or, or, or the pressure to just continuously take action? Well, what was that specific question? What was the- uh, What was a memorable that? event that happened that you can recall that allowed you to really just keep pushing through and, and taking on what you needed to do to, to be successful? I mean, I can't really point one memorable moment, honestly. Um, I think for me it was, it, it was, it's a, it's a, it's a collection of moments. And I think that collection of moments started with my mother because my mother, she is the model of perseverance. She is the model of adaptation. She's a model of, 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 of pushing forward, making, making something out of nothing. You know, when my father died, my mother went from a rich woman to a poor woman. And uh, she could have easily said, you know what, I'm going to get back to America. I'm going to find me a husband with some rich guy to help me take care of my kids because my mom was a very beautiful woman. But she didn't. As a matter of fact, my mom stays single. She's been single since my dad died. And, uh, and, and, and she's a beautiful woman. People think she's my sister. And she's <laughs> about to be 68 because she works out every day. She eats right, you know. And, uh, you know, I watched my mom struggle and work and grind and you know, my mom taught me excellence as a young kid. She told me, Remy, whatever you do, you do it right the first time and you put your everything into it. You don't, because you may not get a second chance or anything. And I remember my mother would make me and my brother read books and New York Times articles and, and write reports. And if our report wasn't near perfect, she would make us pick another article or another book and start all over again because she was teaching us 
you, you adapt, you move, you do things right. You don't quit, you don't give up. There is nobody that's gonna come to your aid to help you. And so that was my, that was my upbringing. So when it came time for me to go to SEAL training, which is the toughest military training to men, yeah, it's tough, I heard it was tough, but you know what, for me it was just like, this is part of the program. This has been my whole life. I grew up in the Bronx, I grew up in the streets, I grew up getting beat up, I grew up getting jumped. I grew up, you know, we called it snapping on each other, making fun of each other. That was just my life. And so, you know, I would say it's amalgamation of, of many moments, especially going back to the death of my father at the age of five, leading all the way up into my teen years, having a hard life consistently, you know, so that when hard things came my way, it's just like, this is second nature to me. You know, somebody asked me the question all the time, like, what are you doing hard moments like this with the COVID thing going on and you can't go out and your kids can't go to school? And I'm like, this is, this is paradise to me. This is, what? I got a roof over my head. I got clothes on my back. My kids ain't starving. Um, I ain't got to shoot at nobody to keep myself and my kids alive. You know, my bills are paid. This is not hard. You know what I mean? My wife is a doctor. And I'm not making light of the situation. My wife is a doctor and she's on the front lines with this COVID thing. You know what I mean? And on top of that, you know, my wife is pregnant. You know what I mean? So, you know, but my, my wife is not falling apart. Like, oh my God, I'm pregnant and I'm sick and I can get sick and, and, and I'm working and it's now she goes out there and she does the work. You know what I mean? So, um, because I think I've had a life, my wife's had a hard life, you know, and a lot of it comes from our upbringings you know, that's why we are who we are today.